Y'all get ready to put y'all up on some extraordinary time. People have the power. All we have to do is awaken the power in the people. Welcome to the Oracle Frequency Podcast. My name is Brian, and on this episode, we're going to discuss a freelance article that I wrote last week called Donald Trump is Pat Buchanan 2.0. Uh, if you go to oraclefrequency.com and check out the blog section, you can find the article located on there. And if you like it, be sure to share it with your friends, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, because by getting it out there, it will help me and help the podcast quite a bit. So without further ado, Donald Trump is Pat Buchanan 2.0. Shortly after KKK leader David Duke unsuccessfully ran for governor of Louisiana in 1991, Donald Trump was asked by Larry King if the David Duke thing bothers you. King was referencing the fact that Duke received 55% of the white vote in the election. Trump replied, I hate seeing what it represents, but I guess it just shows there's a lot of hostility in this country. There's a tremendous amount of hostility in the United States. In the same interview, Trump predicted that if David Duke runs, David Duke is going to get a lot of votes. Whether that be good or bad, David Duke is going to get a lot of votes. Pat Buchanan has the same theories, except for in a better package. Pat Buchanan is going to take a lot of votes away from George Bush. So if you have these two guys running, or even one of them running, I think George Bush could be in big trouble. After a highly successful independent bid for president in 1992, Ross Perot established the Reform Party in 1995. The party's platform sought a balanced budget and wanted to enact term limits on U.S. congressional members. The party was also opposed to illegal immigration and free trade agreements such as NAFTA. These are fairly common stances in American politics today, but what makes the Reform Party unique is their no-stance approach to social issues such as abortion and gay rights. For better or worse, they believe that areas of the economy and national security could be better solved without highly divisive social issues splitting the public. After running a second time in 1996 and gaining 8% of the popular vote, Perot's party was due $12.5 million in federal matching funds towards the 2000 election. More importantly, they would be guaranteed general election ballot access in all 50 states. The possibility of a third-party candidate legitimately competing in the general election caused several political opportunists to consider running for the 2000 Reform Party nomination. Lifelong Republican Pat Buchanan, the runner-up for both the 1999 and 1996 GOP nomination switched from the Grand Old Party to the Reform Party in October 1999. Buchanan had been beaten badly in both GOP primaries, winning only four states over two election cycles, but by switching to Perot's party and securing the nomination, he would be able to gain access to the general election ballot much easier. Buchanan's entry into the race caused the Reform Party to become extremely divided, pitting the Buchanan faction against the longer-tenured longer uh, members of the party, specifically the highest elected official in the Reform Party, then-Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura. In 1991, after speaking with Ventura at a pro-wrestling event, Donald Trump began to consider running for president as the Reform Party candidate himself. The same month that Buchanan changed parties, Trump formed a presidential exploratory committee and put known conspiracy theorist Roger Stone in charge. David Duke also joined the Reform Party at this time and began working for Pat Buchanan's 2000 presidential campaign. Ironically, the two men who Trump predicted would take votes from George H.W. Bush in 1992 were now on the same team and would be Trump's main opposition if he decided to enter the Reform Party race officially. 
In a poll taken by Reform Party voters, Trump initially came in fourth place, only receiving 14% of the vote. He trailed Pat Buchanan, Jesse Ventura, and Ross Perot. Soon after, Ventura announced that he would not be running for president and threw his support to Trump. As Perot grew more and more, uh, more, and more unpopular within the party, it appeared increasingly likely that Trump would take on Pat Buchanan, essentially one-on-one -on -one for the party's nomination. For the next three months, Trump would give speeches and make campaign stops while promoting his new book titled Amer The America We Deserve. Trump claimed it's very possible that I could be the first candidate to run and make money on it. Similarly, Booklist, a reputable book magazine, wrote that Trump was possibly the only man to run for president in order to promote a book. In a poll taken at the time, 74% of New Yorkers agreed, believing that Trump was only running for office to promote his brand. During the campaign, Trump often bragged about his wealth and even his intelligence, saying, I went to the Wharton School of Finance, which is the number one school. I'm intelligent. Some people would say, I'm very, very intelligent. On February 14, 1999, Trump withdrew from the Reform Party's race. He put out a press release which stated, the Reform Party now includes a Klansman, Mr. Duke, a neo-Nazi, Mr. Buchanan, and a communist, Ms. Lenora Falani. This is not the company I wish to keep. The same day, Trump went on the Today Show telling Matt Lauer that Duke was a bigot, a racist, and a problem. Pat Buchanan would go on to successfully win the Reform Party's nomination in the general election, but only received 0.4% of the popular vote and finished in fourth place behind George Bush, Al Gore, and Ralph Nader. Buchanan left the party the following year, again registering as a Republican. His former Reform Party supporters left as well, forming their own party in 2002, the far-right America First Party. Fast forward to the 2016 election where Trump, now the Republican nominee, denied knowing anything about David Duke. This was the same David Duke that Trump referred to as a racist and bigot in both 1991 and 1999. The same David Duke that Trump previously said would get a lot of votes in the 92 election, and the same guy that was referenced by Trump himself on the day that he announced that he would not be running for president. Duke now says that Trump speaks more radically than he does and claims that voting against Trump is treason to your heritage. The former Grand Wizard went as far as telling his radio show listeners, when this show's over, go out, call the Republican Party, but call Donald Trump's headquarters, volunteer. They're screaming for volunteers. Go in there. You're going to meet people who are going to have the same kind of mindset that you have. Currently, Donald Trump's infamous red hats sport the often repeated line, make America great again. This phrase initially came to prominence in American politics when another Republican candidate, Ronald Reagan, used the slogan, let's make America great again, while running for office in 1980. Reagan's slogan particularly appealed to many white Americans who felt their country was a much better place before segregation, before the end of segregation, I'm sorry. Throughout his campaign, Reagan made coded statements about welfare recipients and affirmative actions, which played directly into the resentment that many Southern whites had at that time. In a press conference, Trump announced that America First will be the major and overriding theme of his administration if he is elected. After Donald Trump clinched the GOP nomination, his former Reform Party opponent, Pat Buchanan, said that he was relatively shocked when Trump came out against trade and immigration and to make America first, saying that make America first was on his campaign hats. Now, ironically, 
Variations of America First have been used by nationalist and isolationist groups in the United States for more than 70 years. The America First Party platform, the people who were Pat Buchanan supporters and left to form their own party after the 2000 election, um, have almost the same message as Trump's foreign policy plans today. They want to end all foreign aid, while Trump wants to end all foreign aid to countries who hate us. The party wants a temporary ban on all illegal immigration for 10 years, while Trump wants a temporary ban on all Muslims. The America First Party wants to leave NAFTA, while Trump recently threatened to leave NAFTA if a deal isn't renegotiated. The party also wants to leave NATO in the UN, and Trump recently said that if these countries uh, in the UN don't pay their fair share, they should be removed from NATO in the UN. And if it breaks up NATO, it breaks up NATO, Trump recently was quoted as saying. The use of these slogans are a form of dog whistle politics where the average person hears uh, the words and nothing more than hears the words is nothing more than a catchy phrase, but certain groups of society quickly turn their heads and attention because this message was secretly coded for them to hear especially loud. During the primary season, Trump repeatedly claimed that if it was not for him, we would not even be talking about immigration. PolitiFact rated this claim as false, but interestingly enough, one of the most outspoken politicians on illegal immigration over the last 25 years is none other than Trump's former nemesis, Pat Buchanan. In his 1992 and 1996 presidential campaigns, Buchanan called for permanent structures, fences, and walls to be put on the Mexican border. In his 2007 book, State of Emergency, Buchanan called for a 2,000-mile fence on the southern border, a deportation program, and to temporarily slow all legal immigration. Today, Trump has nearly the same ideas, yet even more radical. He's proposed a similar 2,000-mile border wall, but his plan goes further by forcing Mexico to pay for it. He's proposed a deportation force that goes far beyond anything that Pat Buchanan had in his original plan, and in a press release called Preventing Muslim Immigration, Trump called for that famous temporary ban of all Muslims entering the country. Now, while still contemplating his run in 1999, Trump remarked, I really believe the Republicans are just too crazy right. He said Buchanan specifically was beyond far right, and that Buchanan was only winning the wacko vote. He labeled Buchanan as Attila the Hun and a Hitler lover, once saying that, I guess he's an anti-Semite. He doesn't like the blacks. He doesn't like the gays. It's just incredible that anybody can embrace this guy. This election, Trump put a photo of Hillary Clinton on his Twitter account next to a Star of David, and he's retweeted various white supremacist and neo-Nazi messages to his followers. When Larry King asked about David Duke years ago, Trump said, I mean, it's an anger vote. People are angry about what's happened. People are angry about jobs. During the current election, Trump has a similar narrative repeating numerous times that people are angry about jobs and angry about the economy and, and they're angry at Washington and that even the Brexit vote recently was a result of the anger vote. In total, Pat Buchanan ran for president three times and David Duke himself ran twice. None even coming close to winning the general election. They were considered fringe, fringe candidates and unfit for office by the majority of Americans. Likewise, Trump is currently viewed unfavorable by 70% of the country. Trump's border wall and most of his foreign policy ideas are not unique to him. They come directly from Pat Buchanan and other right-wing politicians before him. 
He's running on a losing platform that's been championed by white supremacists, isolationists, and those angered by globalization for more than 30 years. Back in 1999, Donald Trump clearly believed that Buchanan and Duke's message would win over many angry voters. In the current election, Trump sensed the divided public and seems to have purposely crafted nearly identical rhetoric, slogans, and policies as Buchanan in an attempt to win that same demographic today. So, as you can see, Donald Trump's slogans, America First and Make America Great Again, are not unique to him. They've been used by people implementing the Southern strategy and trying to uh, hit on the white supremacist vote for many years. Most of the isolationist and anti-globalist or, um, you know, the KKK and neo-Nazi groups, most of them want the U.S. to quit helping these foreign people, quit helping these foreign countries, deal with our own problems. Um, they have disregard for gays and minorities. And essentially, you've seen that from Trump this entire campaign. But ironically, the two guys that he mentioned back in 1991 as being people who could take votes away from George Bush while the general public is upset. When they're angry, these guys have a good chance of winning. Trump has used their campaign policies and mottos and slogans almost in a way, almost copying them in a way to try to win over that demographic. It seems pretty obvious to me that um, these are not original ideas to Trump. The only difference is, is that Trump has run on the Republican Party uh, for the Republican Party nomination, and he won, whereas Buchanan never made it to be the main guy. He always lost one step before winning. You know, he never won the GOP primary. He always came in second place, so he never got on the ballot until he ran for the Reform Party, and then at that point, you're running um, on a third party. And so Ross Perot was able to pick up 18 and 8% respectively running as an independent and a Reform Party candidate, but a guy like Pat Buchanan got 0.4%, so obviously he wasn't popular. And David Duke himself, as we said, ran twice and didn't even get 1% of the vote. And he lost most of the elections that he ran for in his life. Ironically, none of these candidates ever got 25% of the vote. And Donald Trump is unfavorable right now by about 70% of the country. So it seems as though he may be doing slightly better than these uh, guys like Pat Buchanan and David Duke in the past. Basically, just because he's got a bigger audience, he's got more media attention, he's got a bigger name, and he's running for one of the major parties. But the general public is not very receptive to him, the same way they haven't been receptive to Pat Buchanan or David Duke or various other uh, neo-Nazis and white supremacists who've won, I'm sorry, run over the years. So... Anyway, if you like that article or if it's interesting to you, go ahead and check it out. Share it with your friends. That will help out a lot. Uh, we're going to try to get some more podcasts in recently. I've actually painted this room uh, in the last couple weeks, and I just kind of shoved everything back on the walls the way it, they were. But um, we're going to be doing a lot with my podcast room here and trying to improve our video quality, our sound quality, get some guests in the studio, and basically just uh, keep improving the show as we go on. And expect to see more freelance articles in the future as well. Uh, for many years, I wrote and sent them in to see where I could get published. And, and I've been lucky to, to get on some major publications, get on their websites, even get into some of their printed uh, publications. But most of the time, they actually give credit to the website or team I was working with and really not to me personally. So I'm actually trying now to 
uh, do a little bit more writing because I'd like to get another book out in the next year. Uh, I'd like to get some, uh, some freelance articles out there and get some of my opinions out there. And then also, it makes it much easier to discuss a podcast uh, once you've written it and thought about it and researched it. Uh, any, any given topic, you're much, it's much easier to just come out and talk about it to a crowd. So with that said, we're going to get out of here. But uh, remember, these ideas Donald Trump keeps spouting off are not his ideas. They've been used for over 30 years, ironically, by people that he was very close to politically. Now, he didn't like these people. He didn't say that he agreed with them at the time. But he's taking their exact same stances. So it shouldn't be surprising to anyone why, why a Donald Trump rally would have protesters and fights would break out and why this stuff would happen. You actually have a guy... Uh, basically calling out every different minority group in the country from Native Americans to African Americans to Latinos to transgendered people to literally every single group. At some point, he has said something negative towards. And it's just real hard to win a general election when you've pissed off most of the country. Now, again, with whites, he's doing very well, but that's because he's using these dog whistle politics to bring a lot of them in. Many people are going to vote R, they're going to put a uh, check next to the box with an R in it, no matter who the candidate is. But he is turning off the independents, the Democrats who may think about coming over, and things like that. And even though, you know, a lot of people, when you bring up anything negative Donald Trump, people who are for Donald Trump or against the Democrats, instantly go to, well, Hillary did this, or what about Hillary, or people hate Hillary, or this is going to happen. Hillary's unfavorables are very high. But they are much, 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 much less than Donald Trump. They're usually a half to a third less than what Donald Trump is. So Hillary might be uh, disliked by 35 to 40 percent of the population, but Donald Trump is 70. Hillary may be disliked by 20 percent of Hispanics, but she, uh, Donald Trump is disliked by almost 90 percent of Hispanics. And in a recent uh, poll that came out, Donald Trump only had 1 percent of the African-American vote, which would be the lowest that's ever been polled before. So back in uh, last September when he was saying that he was going to get the most African-Americans to vote from him of any Republican candidate ever, and he was throwing around a number of 25%, yeah, it's, it's lower than Mitt Romney's 4%. It's probably going to be somewhere between you know, 1% and 5% at the end of the day, though polls are showing him at 1% to 3% right now. So again, everybody have a good 4th of July. Uh, be good. I will catch you later. Peace.